When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman. Time for another foray into our uh, world of aquariums of all sorts and shapes and sizes and types. Today, I uh, want to talk about a topic we've reached a few times before, but I just keep thinking about it. And in light of recent discussions we've had, and after talking with Ty Streitman yesterday, if you've listened to the other podcast, it was quite enlightening because there was a lot of information about the seasonal changes and the influence of weather on the, the environments of the Pantanal. And it's, you know, something that applies to just about everything we do. Yeah, pretty much the deeper we go into this world of specialized natural style aquariums, the more unique opportunities arise for us to witness new behaviors in our fishes and, and to achieve really interesting outcomes with them. One of the coolest ideas that I believe deserves a lot more attention is the idea of manipulating environmental conditions in our aquariums to replicate those seasonal changes that take place in nature. It's hardly an earth-shattering idea, but I think that the concept of seasonal environmental manipulation is simply part of managing some types of aquariums, and it deserves some additional consideration because it can more faithfully rep- reproduce those subtle changes in the environment uh, that our fishes come from on an ongoing basis. Now, it's been known for decades that environmental changes to the aquatic environment caused by weather, like wet or dry seasons, can stimulate fishes into spawning. As a fish geek, Keena not only replicate in replicating the, the look and the, the, the function of our habitats, I can't help myself but to ponder the possibilities that are out there by manipulating the environment if we stimulate, simulate on some level what happens in the wild. Now, probably the group of aquarists who has most experience and success at incorporating these types of seasonal environmental manipulations in the breeding procedures uh, is a group of people that breed Corydoras catfish. Um, many of the people who breed quarries utilize that old trick of 20 to 30% water exchanges with water that's up to 10 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 6.5 degrees centigrade, um, cooler than the water is normally maintained at. It seems almost like one of those, are you freaking crazy, a suddenly lowering of temperature kind of things? But when you think about it, it works. And you almost never hear of any fishes being lost as a result of such manipulation. And I used to wonder what the rationale behind that change was. And then My understanding that it was essentially meant to mimic a rainstorm in which an influx of cooler water is a feature. Makes a lot of sense, right? Weather conditions are such an important part of the life cycle of our fishes. Now, with a greater understanding of some of the environments we attempt to replicate in our tanks and a desire to, you know, our part to replicate the way they exist at different times of the year, many people now are starting to experiment with seasonal water level increases, botanical pulsing, changing water parameters at various times of the year. Lots of cool stuff I'm hearing about. Still others are trying to uh, simulate a dry spell by allowing the water quality to degrade somewhat. What exactly that means, of course, is open to interpretation. But doing this while simultaneously increasing the aquarium temperature a degree or two, perhaps followed by a water exchange with softer water or resetting the tank temp to the tank's normal range of parameters. Uh, So that kind of a process makes a lot of sense. The variation that I've heard of to the above procedure, as I just talked about, 
is to increase the current via a filter return or a power head, which stimulates in increased water volume or flow buck by the influx of rain. Clever. Interesting. Now, many breeders will fast their fishes for a few days, followed by a big binge of food after the temperature drop. Apparently, this stimulates, or excuse me, this simulates, why do I always say stimulate and simulate for some reason? This will simulate the um, increased amount of food that is in the native waters of the fishes when the rains come. Still, other hobbyists will reduce the pH of their aquarium water to simulate breeding. Um, and I suppose the rationale behind this is, once again, to simulate an influx of water from rain or other external sources. It's weather again. Its influence is wide-reaching, and it's really inescapable. And another trick I hear from my quarry breeder friends from time to time is the idea of tossing in a few alder cones into the tank or vessel where the breeding, uh, breeder's eggs are incubating. It's pretty much a decades-old practice, and they justify it by the assertion that the alder cones possess some type of antifungal properties, not entirely off-base with some of the more scientific research we found about the allegedly antimicrobial, antifungal properties of catapa leaves, Right. And of course, I hear and recommend, you know, uh, recommendations about um, using catapa leaves, oak leaves, and magnolia leaves for just this purpose. Interesting. And of course, if we look at the natural habitats where many of our fishes originate, we see these seasonal changes have a huge impact on the aquatic ecosystems. In the Amazon, for example, the high water season runs December through April. And during the flooding seasons, the average temperature is about 86 degrees Fahrenheit, around 12 degrees cooler than the dry season. And during the wet season, the water level in the streams and rivers can be between 6 to 7 meters higher than they are during the dry season. And of course, there are more fruits, flowers, vegetables, insects, things all over the place, food items that fall into the water that are available for many species of fishes. And in the dry season? Well, that obviously means lower water levels, higher temperatures, and abundance of fishes most engaging in spawning activity. The annual killifish enthusiasts will tell you that at least there's at least a dozen ways to incubate or dry incubate eggs. It's a beautiful stimulation of what happens in nature. So much of this idea can be applicable to other areas of aquarium practice, right? Yeah, I think so. It's pretty clear that factors such as air, water, and even soil temperatures, atmospheric humidity, the water level, the local winds, as well as climate variables have a profound influence on the life cycle and reproductive behaviors on fishes that reside in these dynamic tropical environments. I'm really enjoying experimenting myself with these dry to wet season dynamics in some tanks. It's nothing if not fun. We've literally scratched the surface and the opportunity to apply what we know about the climates from where our fishes originate and to incorporate on a broader scale the practices which our Corridoris enthusiast friends are doing is out there. So there's so much to learn, so much to experiment with and execute on. And in nature, we have the very best example of all from which to draw all of our information and inspiration. So stay curious about this stuff. Stay observant. Stay creative in how you apply it. Stay experimental, understand that there's all kinds of things that we can do. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman. Looking forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.